0: Mic Check1212. One, two, one, two. Mic Check1212. One, two, one, two. It's a Taste to Consider Podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and we back. Back for another episode. Yes indeed. A taste to consider podcast. Let's go.
1: I come from a generation of pain Will murder his minor Rebellious and jealous. A chip you for designer Belt buckles and over. Overzealous and prone to violence Make their own turn Be your will of the will alignment Residue burn Mist of the inner city Miscommunication To keep homo detector busy No protection is risky Desensitized. I vandalize pain Covered up and camouflage Get used to hearing arsenal rain Analyze, risk your life Take the charge Homies, don't fuck your baby mama Once you hit the yard That's culture 23 hour lockdown Did somebody call Said your little nephew Was shot down The coach involved i done seen niggas do 17 hit the halfway house get out and get his brains blown out looking to buy some weed car washes played out new go for me accounts a proceed a brand new victim will shatter those dreams the culture
0: say sickness sit a podcast yes indeed we back for another episode friday the 13th say and sit a podcast let's go Kendrick Lamar, uh, Kung Fu know, Kenny, know, The know, Heart, know, Part 5. Let's I know, go. I, know, I, know, I, I said I do this for
1: my- to let y'all know what a nigga look like In a bulletproof rover In my mama's sofa Was a doodle popper Hair tricker, walk up closer Ain't no photoshopping Friends bipolar Grab your your pockets No option if you froze up I always play the offense Niggas going to work and selling work Late for work Working late praying for work But he on paperwork That's the culture Point the finger, promote ya Remote location, witness protection They gon' hold ya The streets got me fucked up Y'all can miss me I wanna represent for us New revolution was up and moving I'm in Argentina, wiping my tears Full of confusion, water in between us Another pier has been executed History repeats again Make amends, then find a nigga with the same skin to do it But that's the culture, crack a bottle Hard to deal with the pain? We are sober, by tomorrow once we get the remains? We start over, that's the problem Our foundation was trained To accept whatever follows
0: Taste to consider podcast.
1: Take the drones out.
0: Yes indeed, taste to consider podcast. We back for another episode. Let's go.
1: Celebrate new life when it come back around. To my father, to my wife, I am serious, this is heaven. To my friends, make sure you count them blessings. To my fans, make sure you make them investments. And to the killer that spared up my demise, I forgive you, just know your soul's in question. I seen the pain in your pupil when that trigger had squeezed And though you did me gruesome, I was surely relieved I completed my mission, wasn't ready to leave But fulfilled my days, my Creator was pleased I can't stress how I love y'all I don't need to be in flesh just to hug y'all The memories recollect just because y'all Celebrate me with respect, the unity we protect is above all And Sam, I will be watching over you Make sure my kids watch all my interviews Make sure you live out our dreams we produce Keep that genius in your brain on the move until my neighborhood let the good prevail make sure them babies and the leaders out of jail look for salvation when troubles get real because you can't help the world until you help yourself and i can't blame the hood the day that i was killed you had to see it that's the only way to feel and though my physical won't reap the benefits the energy they carry on and mix still i want you
0: taste to consider podcast yes indeed we back for another episode A taste to consider podcast. Yes, we back for another episode. It is Friday. Friday the 13th. Yes. We are back for another episode. I took a little week off. Yes, I know. I know. I got some complaints about taking the week off, but we back. And it's always a reason for my breaks. Always a reason. (laughs) But I'm back back for another episode yes indeed It takes to consider podcast let's go man it feels good to be back i swear them them weeks off feel like a long ass time like those seven days <laughs> feel like a damn near a month but i'm back back for another episode there was uh kendrick lamar kung fu kenny uh k dot the heart part five yes he just dropped his album so you know it's a lot of buzz around that and stuff but you know each and every episode got a theme it always come together it's not really anything that i do too much it's all from the from the most high. or Everything just come together the way it's supposed to come together. But, yeah, we back for another episode. Appreciate everybody who listened to um, the episode two weeks ago. The guest I had on the show, Kimberly Whitman. The episode was titled Alignment. Got a lot of great feedback from that episode. I appreciate everybody who hit me up who contacted me um, about the episode or whatever. Appreciate uh, my guest, Kim. Um, yeah, it was a great episode, and it was it was good to have a guest on the podcast. Um, she was the second guest I ever had on the podcast. Um, the last guest I had on the podcast was back in my first season. And it was just good to have um, just a different vibe, you know, for uh the episode uh a good conversation good interaction and man um yeah I didn't record last week and, and first let me let me talk about let me go back to the last episode alignment and the fact that I didn't upload to YouTube and the crazy thing about that like um when Uh, I recorded that episode. It was in the pre-shadow phase of Mercury Retrograde. And anybody had all my regulars on the podcast and anybody who know about Mercury Retrograde know about all the the funny things that happened on Mercury Retrograde, the technology issues, communication issues and all that other stuff. So Mercury was retrograding for me off the break off the break in the pre-shadow phase right now mercury is in retrograde is out of the pre-shadow phase it is actually retrograding but i didn't (laughs) crazy this is a crazy ass story but i didn't upload to uh youtube because when i recorded the video when i went to because I got two phones. I got my regular phone, cell phone that I use. And I got another fo- uh, iPhone that I use for my recording. So when I went to, uh, you know, pull the uh, video from my other iPhone, it wasn't on the phone. So I'm like, damn, Mercury retrograde got me. The fucking episode didn't record. So I'm just like, damn, I was blown off of that. Because it was a great-ass episode. Like all the feedback and stuff I got from it, great-ass episode. So I'm thinking to myself, damn, I missed the opportunity right there. You know what I'm saying? Because for for content creators, you have to capitalize on everything that you produce. And even though I had the audio and I upload, uploaded it to all the streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, all that good stuff, I made it uh a point to be very intentional about uploading to my youtube page this year and for me to miss a video i was so pissed off but i just chalked it up to being mercury retrograde or whatever so then today as i'm prepping for this episode i'm getting everything together going through my uh my iphone that i used to video record to set it up to record to video record this episode all of a sudden the the episode alignment with my guests popped up on that cell phone and it wasn't there at first. So I'm like, bet. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'll, that's why I just I was just like, man, come on. So I just had to just, you know what I'm saying, just look at it like you know what I'm saying, everything happens for a reason. So it wasn't meant for me to upload the video then, but I got the video now. So, I save the video and I'm going to upload it to YouTube. And w- whatever purpose it has, <laughs> then it's going to serve its purpose. So, I got that video and I will upload that video to my YouTube page, the Taste to Consider Network. And all you got to do is go on YouTube, type in the Taste to Consider. Uh, my page will pop up, all the videos will pop up. So, that video will be up there in the coming days, as well as this episode right here. So make sure you go like, subscribe, all that other good stuff, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's just crazy how stuff be happening, but hey, you just gotta flow with it. Everything is about flowing with it, especially when when planets go into retrograde, you gotta flow with everything. And right now, Mercury retrograde has been retrograding. Particularly for me, not just the video episode but other shit in my um in my day to day life with scheduling conflicts conflicts communication issues and shit stuff acting electronics acting funny, and stuff like that so if you got stuff um uh acting funny electronics, your schedule going bad uh stuff like that chalk that up to Mercury Retrograde. Mercury Retrograde is one of the most popular and trending retrogrades, particularly on social media. So yeah, all you got to do is look it up and you'll get the information that you need. But we back for another episode. But the reason why I took off uh, last week is because I had a show ready, you know what I'm saying? I always got stuff ready. I'm always on it. I put more work into my podcast than um, my real job. I Well, I, can, I ain't going to say that. It feels like that, but putting together a podcast every week is a lot of work, despite what people think and despite all that that shit that that's talked on social media and stuff like that. You just don't sit down and record. It's a lot that goes into podcasting, and I take it very seriously, and I've taken it very seriously ever since. 2017 so i am i consider myself a veteran in podcasting even though i'm still considered a newbie but still i'm i feel like you know what i'm saying i'm very talented in podcasting and putting stuff together so yeah oh man we here for another episode <sighs> let me look at my outline um yeah so I didn't record last week because of man, I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie. I was just tired of of people. I was tired of the world. I was tired of everything. Like I was disgusted. I was straight disgusted at the world and stuff. And I'm gonna talk about cause pretty much what what um I'm gonna talk about today and what the show is about today is pretty much what was supposed to be last week as well as some stuff sprinkled in from this week. Um, but yeah, I just didn't feel like recording cause I was kind of like disgusted at the world. I was disgusted at people and all that other stuff. And I just didn't, man, I was just like, fuck it, man. I was to the point where I was just like, I ain't even, I don't even want to record no more because I was just like, what's the point? The way that, you know, people are conducting themselves and stuff like that. And it was because of a particular topic that I will be discussing later on in the show. But it's about Kevin Samuels. And if you are a regular on the show, you know I did a whole series basically off of Kevin Samuels' platform, Trigger Warning. So I had four parts to Trigger Warning. And that was based off of Kevin Samuels' uh, platform and stuff. And even if you didn't hear those episodes, you can go back and listen to them because they're very relevant to what's going on right now and as well as, you know, just if you've been on social media and stuff like that, and you you part of like shit. Talking about uh um Kendrick Lamar's song, if you part of the quote unquote culture, then you know who Kevin Samuels is and you know the controversy surrounding him and stuff like that. And uh last week, unfortunately he passed, rest in peace to Kevin Samuels. So it's a whole bunch, you know what I'm saying? It's it's just crazy. Um also, we're in a new month. This is May. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So, I will be uh dis- be playing off of that um this episode based off of a a topic that I have on my outline. So, yeah. You know how this podcast goes. You you know this is a taste to consider podcast and i give you uh, a taste of me i give you a lot of taste a lot of different things topics and um just pretty much a lot of stuff that you know i follow that i'm into that i passionately speak about and research and stuff like that so that's what a taste to consider podcast is about for all the newbies That are listening right now. Taste to Consider podcast is about me, Derek Silver. I am the taste of a Taste to Consider podcast, and I give you many tastes, all of the tastes that I'm into. And it's not about me trying to get you to agree with anything like that. I'm not here for debates, I'm here for conversations because it ain't nothing. uh, What's the point of debating if it ain't, you know what I'm saying? I ain't out here to win anything. I ain't out here to, we ain't on no debate team or nothing like that. This is about having conversations. Everybody got different opinions. And I'm all for mature conversations. You know what I'm saying? Because we are all supposed to be unique individuals. And we're not supposed to agree on everything. But it ain't supposed to be no clown shit. So, we here. Taste to consider podcast. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, usually most, uh, the past few episodes, I, I just get right into it and start off with the blacky black woke segment. You know what I'm saying? I get the, I get the serious, serious topics out of the way, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> it's crazy because them serious topics, I probably lost so many listeners by starting off with the, uh, serious stuff. Cause you know, most people, they just into the surface shit and i mean it is what it is i mean that that's the culture (laughs) for the culture people into that surface shit they into that gossipy shit they in that chatty patty shit you know what i'm saying but here i give you many tastes i'm into everything you know what i'm saying i'm very uh eclectic i'm very i'm a renaissance man as far as being into everything but yeah we here and let me see where i'm gonna start with the with this uh, Blackety Black Woke segment. Well, matter of fact, let me start out right here because I'm going to play a clip that is, uh, I, I love this clip and it's from the late, great Kobe Bryant and it's about mental health. And it, of course, is being May and it's being Mental Health Awareness Month. I'm going to start off with this clip. So let's go.
2: I think mental health is extremely important. It's, it's, it's an issue that is now coming to the forefront. But in the past, it's been an issue that's been um, pushed down, neglected, either out of embarrassment or believing that you're the only one that is experiencing that. Um, but now it's coming to the forefront, and I think it's a great time to be able to address some of those issues and some of those challenges, to try to use those as a source of strength. At first, I think it's, it's getting over the, the, the stigma of it being something that is embarrassing or a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of weakness. I think that's step one. And then it's it's opening up and sharing that experience with others. That's how you build a community of strength, right? By getting others to open up and share their journeys and share their stories, you wind up inspiring each other. And you know how that goes. I mean, once that inspiration goes back and forth, that energy feeds on itself, right? And I think the best thing that we can do is not ignore it. Ignoring it is the worst thing we can do because then it festers and it becomes something that has control over us versus the other way around. We rise, but we rise step by step. It's not one quantum leap, right? So I see too many kids get so discouraged because they're expecting to make this quantum leap and when that quantum leap doesn't come, it feels like it'll never come, right? But that's not how it works, it's step by step. One foot in front of the other day by day, get better every single day, And then when you look back, then you look down and you realize the mountain that you just scaled, right? But you can't jump from the bottom of Everest and get to the top of Everest like that. It doesn't happen. Superman is only in comics. (laughs) I think uh, for me, it's, uh, you know, mental health is a challenge that we need to accept, not ignore. Accept the challenge. We accept any other challenge that's presented in front of us. Mental health is no different. So let's face the challenge individually, but understand that we're facing that challenge collectively.
0: Oh damn, my bad. Um, yeah, that was the late great Kobe Bryant, man. And that, 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 was a just a great um thing that he said about mental health. And it really is step by step. Like every day is a new day to improve your mental health, and it's crazy. Um, I understand like uh society focuses a lot on physical physical health. Well, I don't even think that it. It it focuses on physical health. It focuses on physical appearance, physical um um yeah, just physical appearance. Like people don't even focus on their physical health, especially in the United States and America, and in, in this country that I'm I'm in right now, physical health ain't as important as they make it seem they more so it's about physical appearance and what you can gain from your physical appearance and stuff like that but everything to me like when I think of mental health everything starts with mental with the mental with mental health your mental health and like people always say you know actions speak louder than words but I always say first it starts out with your mental your thoughts and then it goes to your words, and then it goes to your actions. Everything aligns together. But the way society, you know, try to portray things and programs us to think that everything is about actions. I got to do this. I got to get this done. You know what I'm saying? Moving, 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 moving. And we just neglect our mental health so much. And Particularly in the black community. And that's, you know, one of the things that I'm passionate about. um, Because I feel like that's one of the reasons why we in the state that we in. But, yeah, everything starts with mental health. Everything starts with mental health. Mental health, emotional health. And then you can jump to the physical and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? But everything starts with the mental. Your Your thinking, your thoughts, and all that. But we're going to get into the blackety black woke segment. And as you know, I always have a lot (laughs) to say. So let's get into this. Um, Let's see where I'm going to begin. Yeah. Here we go again with the Ukraine shit. The. United States government already gave fourteen billion dollars to you to Ukraine. Just this past in the past two weeks, from the last time you heard me speak, they've given forty billion to Ukraine. So what is that? Fifty-four billion dollars already to Ukraine. All the shit that's going on in our country right now with the food shortages shit the uh what the baby formula shortages gas prices going up we already got homelessness in our country been going on since forever poverty all that shit going on but inflation but somehow the government has 54 billion dollars to give to another country that don't do shit for us once again agendas these people that we rely on that we worship and all this other stuff doing shit for somebody else but not us and this is y'all democratic party right here that's the spearhead of this y'all president joe biden all of that (laughs) oh man let me uh move on to a different topic but i'll come back to the ukraine shit so the fda restricts johnson and johnson's juice due to blood clot risk and y'all know This stuff, this information has been out there for a while and everybody has been trying to dispute it and all this other stuff and talking about how safe the juice is for people and all that other stuff. And just glossing over the fact that you have these effects from the juice. But yeah, moving along. Um, the crazy thing about what I just said, right you know what I'm saying that's why i uh try to try to code it a little bit was because even when this breaking news was reported on Twitter right, this breaking news was reported on Twitter without the coded inf- information or the coded words and sp- and speak that i I just put in there Twitter marked the FDA's announcement as misinformation. (laughs) That's some clown ass shit right there. And that show you how they, how hard they are working to try to keep this agenda and this narrative going. Because you have a social media site labeling breaking news from a federal agency as being misinformation. Misinformation. Houseway houseway <laughs> come on, man, and y'all remember uh, I was talking about a couple of episodes ago, past two episodes, I was talking about how um there's been a lot of uh crazy things going on with these food distribution sites and centers and stuff like that. And recently, a Walmart distribution center in Indianapolis caught on fire, and it's been a it's been several um, incidents and news stories out here, not pushed by the mainstream media, but real incidents that was pushed by other media sources, but not mainstream media about these food facilities having fires or plane crashes into them and just crazy ass incidents happening to these food distribution centers and stuff like that while we having these quote-unquote food shortages come on now come on man we gotta think man we gotta stop just man whatever (laughs) moving along like I like I said, I'm just here to give you a taste. You know what I'm saying? It's up to you, whether you you like it or not. So, the big topic in the past couple of re- weeks was the uh, Roe v. Wade stuff. It's been trending and all that other stuff. So, in the midst of me talking about this, I got a couple of clips and stuff like that. So, you know what I'm saying? I'll get to those clips, but we're gonna get through uh, this topic. Roe v. Wade is is happening. It's trending. Uh, It was a leak uh, with the Supreme Court about them actually um, dropping this legal decision of abortion being legal. And now it's about to be illegal, according to the leaks and stuff like that. And so all the talk that's going on. So... (laughs) <laughs> um, how i want to how i want to uh discuss this because this is a delicate topic particularly for me as me being a man and all the controversy out here and how a lot of people is like men shouldn't be speaking on this and all that other stuff you know women's rights women bodies rights and all that other stuff but it's just so funny to me how like this whole situation that you know how this flip-flop with my body my choice stuff is now you know that how they're trying to portray it with the republicans being against abortion now the democrats are pushing this my body my choice stuff but The Democratic Party was behind the pushing the juice. And when people were saying my body, my choice, they was like, no, not having it. And this is the shit that I was talking about from jump when all this stuff was happening with the juice and everything. And how I said that. As long as we keep going along and letting them control our lives with this juice shit. More situations are going to come up where they take away our our natural human rights and the so-called rights that was already in place that benefit us, they basically is going to take away our control to have autonomy over our own self. And this is what is happening right now. Like I said, apparently, the right to decide what you do with your body matters now. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter with the juice, but now it matters with the Roe v. Wade stuff, right? (laughs) Oh, man. This shit is crazy. You know what I'm saying? When it came to the, the juice, the Republican Party was my body, my choice. But now when it comes to abortion rights, it's your body, my choice. And now the Democrats are uh, acting like we got to fight for y'all. And, man, this, this is why I say both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are both, they're two wings on the same bird. They just playing games, man. They just playing games, they pushing agendas and stuff like that. They don't give a fuck about us, but we keep putting our our uh faith and stuff in peep in and other people, you know what I'm saying? Because it's easy, you know what I'm saying? It's easy for us to not hold accountability for ourselves and just, you know, let other people control our lives. And that's what's happening right now. We we think so less of ourselves that we give power to another human being that's that's just like us as far as having flaws, flawed thoughts, and all that other stuff, right? But we look at these people as being superior over us. But they just like us. Crazy. What else? Um, like you have All these feminists and stuff out here and stuff talking about some, you know, um, my body, my choice. But these were the same people that were saying, nah, you got to get that juice. I don't want to be around you with that juice and all this other stuff. It's just flip flopping shit. Cause just like when I was talking about when when Trump was in office. And all this stuff was happening and they was producing the juice and all this other stuff. All the Democrats was like, no, I ain't taking it. I ain't taking it. But as soon as Democrats got into power, got into the presidency and stuff like that, then it's all, yeah, the juice is good for you. The juice is good for you. It'll protect you. It'll protect you. And we just fall for this shit. We just straight fall for this shit. How I feel about it is like. I'm not going to tell nobody what to do with their body. You know what I'm saying? You make that choice for yourself. So I'm not sitting here being an apologist for nobody. I see the bullshit from both sides. And, I, and that's something that's lacking with the majority of society. They don't see the bullshit from both sides. Like I already said about accountability, a lot of people don't take personal accountability for stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because you can look at this a lot of ways. Um, When it comes to abortion rights and stuff like that, um, people can do whatever they want. That's how I feel. You do whatever you want. If you've been um, raped or something like that and you have an unwanted pregnancy, you do what you want. I ain't got... I'm not going to say, you know what I'm saying? I'm nobody to sit here and judge you and tell you what you should do or whatever. That's your choice because that's your life. And you got to deal with the uh, effects of whatever decisions you make. But a lot of people, like I already said, don't want to take personal accountability on how they live their lives. And you sit here and a lot of people they They have control over certain aspects of their lives and how they um choose when they want to get pregnant and stuff like that so it's a lot of uh personal accountability that can be placed in this particular topic as well as uh, everything that's in life. You know what I'm saying I know some things happen out of your control that's what life is about but some things are in your control so we have a lot of power that we don't want to take accountability of and with like with this uh roe v wade stuff and you know a lot of um People are trying to make this, uh, trying to divide this into a racial aspect. And you will have like when I've talked about plenty of times on the show how the feminist movement, a lot of the white feminists and stuff, they'll use black women to push their cause. But it's not really a It don't really have nothing to do with black women. But they use black women for their power and their influence on other people to receive like wins and stuff like that on certain aspects of certain laws and protests and stuff like that. And that's what they they doing with this situation. But I I'll go into that a little later as I move through this topic, all right? Because just giving a little context on the Roe v. Wade stuff, right? So, Roe v. Wade, a lot of people will see him and be like, Who, who's Roe? Who's Roe? Who's Roe? This case they labeled the actual person that this case, the foundation of this this case and this law was placed on, her name was Jane Rowe. That's the alias that they gave her. But her real name was Norma McCorvey. And the crazy thing about this is she lied about being raped by black men. And that's why that's how this stuff all started, and she she came out later on in in her life after the case went through and the law was passed and stuff like that, and said that she lied about it it's a It's a whole news story and stuff out there like if if you really go pay attention and and you don't even have to go down no rabbit hole like the information is out there. she did a whole news story about it and everything where she said that she actually lied about being raped by black men but Of course, back then, you know, what what has always been the biggest fear and it still is a fear today when it comes to white women and white society. That's why I say white white women can be some of the most dangerous people on this planet when it comes to. Black men. And this is a this is we've had a lot of examples of it, I mean. Like, if you think about Emmett Till and stuff like that, all the several lynchings that was going on back in the day. You think about Rosewood. If you you go look at the movie Rosewood and stuff like that, like, it is always convenient to tell a lie on a black person, particularly a black man. And these white people get away with it. (laughs) But, yeah. Her name was Norma McCorvey. That that's who Jane Roe was, and she lied about being raped about by black men, and that's how this this whole law and stuff was passed because of the fear of black men, right? <laughs> Crazy. Um, and in the midst of like all that. Even before this case and the law was passed and stuff like that, it's all, like I said, there's always been this fear of black men or whatever. Now you think about, um, what's the, what's that movie back in the day? Um, damn, I can't even think of it. It's, it's messed up. I can't even think about it. Um, that movie, damn, uh, damn, I can't even think of it. It's the, it's that movie back in the day. Um, Damn. Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. That's the movie right there where they basically that was basically a propaganda piece on how they had white men put on blackface and portray themselves as, you know, what I'm saying attacking and raping a, a white woman. And that's what basically started. I ain't gonna say started, but that's basically it. It elevated that that fear of. Black men. And it did that because it was, like, one of the first feature films. And it's, like, critically acclaimed and shit like that. Still to this day, crazy shit, right? But when I think about, like, just this whole situation with Roe v. Wade and all this stuff that's going on in the political landscape and stuff like that, So many people are just, like, attached to, they're so attached to, um, I'm trying to find the right way to say it. Let me see, because I know I wrote it down just in case if I was going like, struggle with my words on how to describe it. and yeah, Now I can't find Yeah, here we go. Right here, I found it. <sighs> A lot of people, not just even black people, it's like people, period, just, just that's just stuck into following and being and idolizing these politicians and stuff like that a lot of people believe and have more of a relationship with with um the political with the political system or political agenda as opposed to um their their personal their personal self or their personal morals, so much so where their morals are, their personal morals are uh, wiped out and they think their personal morals are actually, they think they have personal morals, but actually they're attached to political a political ideology or a political agenda or a political narrative or a religious system as opposed to having a personal relationship with their self or, you know, a personal relationship with the most high or a personal relationship with their, their own set of morals. Basically what I always be talking about, niggas is programmed. You know what I'm saying? Pe- people are sh- just straight programmed. They have more attachment to the program as opposed to their unique individualism. And I hope that's making sense for <laughs> you <laughs> because it makes so much sense to me. But um yeah. And it's just it's sad because everybody is just so people just so emotionally attached to this the fight, the political fight or the the religious fight as opposed to actually what they really believe. They think they believe in what what is truly their beliefs, but it's actually somebody else's belief. It's the program. It's the agenda. It's the narrative. Is is not it don't even have nothing to do with women's rights or our personal auto- autonomy or our natural Human rights is a political stance that they that they're more so worried about, and it's just crazy um, I'm trying to you know tread lightly with this. And it's not that I'm afraid to say something. I just want to say what I truly feel, and what I feel is is right. And it's a, it's a it's a delicate topic when it comes to um, a person's a person's um, choices and stuff like that. Because, like I said, so many people are just so attached to. A political agenda or a program or a narrative and stuff like that that they truly believe they get so emotionally attached to it that they believe that is actually their their perspective their point of view and stuff like that it's just crazy and they talk all this stuff about pro-life and all this other stuff but it is never about like like I said with the them giving all this money to Ukraine and stuff like that. If it was really about pro life and and pro choice and stuff like that, they would be investing in us. They would be investing in the 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 human in- infrastructure as well as the 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 um the actual um the actual infrastructure of. The country that we are in and not just loosely giving the money out to everybody, every other country. You know what I'm saying? Like if if this was really about pro-life and pro-choice and, and human rights and all this other stuff, they would be investing in the place that they sit in right now, the place that they claim to to campaign for, that they uh, want pre- to protect and stuff like that, but that's not what they doing. You know what I'm saying? Everything God has to have an agenda to it, whether it's lining up their pockets or having s- some type of human power or some type of godly power over some people that they believe is uh below them, and. Like I said, like this game that they playing, because um, it was an article that came out around the time when um, Joe Biden was running for president. Right. And this came out in 2019. And the article was talking about when Joe Biden voted to let states overturn Roe v. Wade. But now he's just all him and the Democrats. They all big on, you know, what I'm saying uh, protecting human rights and all pro pro choice and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, my body, my choice, and all that other, stu- other stuff. It's crazy. They just be playing games with us, but we keep falling for it. And I'm saying we because I ain't I ain't totally woke on everything and and just being born into this this world and born living here and stuff like that i'm part of certain you know what i'm saying i fall victim to programs and these agendas and these narratives and stuff like that you know what i'm saying so i ain't gonna say i'm not sitting here talking at you you know what i'm saying i'm talking with you because you know what i'm saying i'm not perfect you know what i'm saying i fall into these these things as well but you know what i'm saying um with the games and stuff like that the Democrats don't really care about this shit. This 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 is a way for them to help their campaign and going forward. The midterm's about to come up. They know that the uh their feet is at the fire with all this stuff with the juice and and all this other stuff. And Biden's low ass rating and 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 a lot of people starting to realize that a lot of shit that these congressmen doing on the Democratic side is some bullshit. But just speaking on the uh, Republican side of it, like Mitch McConnell, he he came out and said that, you know, the national uh, abortion ban is possible, that it's going to happen. And it didn't surprise me when the Republicans start pushing this and all this stuff started coming out. Because, like, let me start here. Right here it says, Missouri is joining Louisiana in making IUDs and plan B illegal. Arizona GOP Senate candidate calls for condoms to be banned in all states. Idaho representative says that he wants to le- he wants legisl- to he wants legislation banning plan B and possibly IUDs. This ain't about abortion, man, I'm trying to tell y'all. This is about something that's been way deeper and going on for a while statistically and it has to do with white people aren't producing anymore they aren't producing at the rate that they would like so you see the certain states that are putting these laws into place or whatever these are predominantly white states they doing this because they aren't producing anymore They are afraid right now. They're afraid because all these people jumping across the border. All these immigrants coming over here. This is all about saving their race. I'm going to play a couple of clips for y'all. I'm going to start off with this one right here. Bear with me while I pull it up. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm uh, drinking some whiskey tonight, a whiskey that I've had on this show before. It's a black-owned whiskey called Burrow Brothers. Shout out to them. And the cigar that I'm smoking is a, um what is this? Uh, what is this? Let me read the label. It's a Gilberto Olivia cigar. It's a nigger Nicar- I can't even pronounce this shit. Nigga Wag (laughs) I ain't even. (laughs) Maybe I'm too lit too fast. Or maybe I'm just (laughs) struggling today. I'm going to blame it on Mercury Retrograde. But I got the clip right here. Let me pull it up.
3: Now, white people are really frightened. If you don't understand the destruction of Planned Parenthood uh, offices and you don't understand the wall that we're going to build on the southern border of the United States, you haven't read the book The Birth Dearth* by Ben Wattenberg. Ben Wattenberg was a brilliant Jewish man who was a member of the American Enterprise Institute, and he wrote a book, the first paragraph of which says, the main problem confronting the United States today is there aren't enough white babies being born in this country. He was an advisor to Presidents of the United States. He wrote the book in 1987. He says, there are, if we don't change this and change it rapidly, White people will lose their numerical majority in this country, and this will no longer be a white man's land. Now, I'm not misrepresenting this. I'm telling you exactly, almost exactly what he says. He says there are three things we can do to solve this. Number one, we could pay women to have babies, as they have been doing in Western European nations for years. Then he says, and these are his words, not mine, unfortunately, we would have to pay women of all colors to have babies, so we don't want to do that. He says the second thing we could do is increase the number of legal immigrants that are allowed into this country every year. Then once again he says, unfortunately, the vast majority of those wanting to come to this country today are people of color, so we don't want to do that. The third thing he says, and white men, women had better pay attention to this, 60% of the fetuses that are aborted every year are white. If we could keep that 60% alive, that would solve our birth dearth. Does that sound like racism to you? Can you talk a little bit about the trauma associated with it? The trauma associated with it? Yeah. One of the main traumas is, it tells white people that they are superior because of the lack of melanin in their skin. And then they find out suddenly that we've got a black president. That's traumatic, that's where their trauma is. Living a lie, finding out the truth is traumatic. Finding out now recently that within 30 years, white people will be in the numerical minority in this country is going to be traumatic. White people are scared to death right now, particularly white males. They're scared to death that they are going to lose their power in the future. And they are. But if you want to get ready for the future, if you want to be treated well in the future, treat others well in the present. What we do in the present constructs the future.
0: Um, I talked about this plenty of times before on this podcast, and I say that all the time. That phrase comes out of my mouth all the time on this podcast. (laughs) Like, I talked about Planned Parenthood before and how uh, Margaret uh, Sanger created Planned Parenthood, and she was a known racist. She spoke very badly of black people having babies, and that's one of the reasons why Planned Parenthood was created. I mean, it just is what it is. But, hey... The new Future album came out, right? So let's let's rock that up. <laughs> For the culture, right? For the culture. <laughs> oh, man, where am I at? I got another clip. No. Back-to-back clips. And this one was very disturbing to me. This is one I came upon actually this week. So that's why I'm kind of glad I didn't record last week because uh, a lot of things came together this this week that just uh passed that contributes to this episode and these topics so let me pull this one up uh give me a second um let me see if i can find that one um let me see if i still have yeah here we go right here all right
4: As a matter of fact, Mr. Dornan, if I may finish, we have received contributions from people who want us, who want to support us because they want all welfare mothers and all black women to stop having children.
0: Okay. So let me preface this first. That that, that clip that just played was back in 1986. And... Um, It was by the president of Planned Parenthood, which was a black woman. And you heard what she said, right? I'm going to play it again so you can hear what she says. As
4: a matter of fact, Mr. Dornan, if I may finish, we have received contributions from people who want us, who want to support us because they want all welfare mothers and all black women to stop having children.
0: Good afternoon. This is Autumn. Hello, Autumn. Um, I'm interested in making a donation
4: today.
1: Fantastic. What about ab- abortions for the underprivileged minority groups? I want to specify that abortion to help a minority group. Would that be possible, Absolutely. like the black community, for example? Certainly. Okay. But- so, so the abortion could could be, you know, I could give money specifically for a black baby. That would. Be the purpose. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, if you wanted to designate that you wanted your gift
0: to be used to help an African American woman in need, mm-hmm. um, then we would certainly uh, make sure that that gift was earmarked specifically
1: for that purpose. Great, because I really face trouble with affirmative action, and I don't want my kids being disadvantaged, you know, against um, black kids. I just had a baby. I want to put it in his name, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know so that's that's definitely yeah, possible. Thanks. Oh, always, always. And we just think, you know, the, the, the less, the less black kids out there, the better.
2: <laughs> understandable, understandable. All right. Um, excuse my hesitation. I'm. i This is the first time I've had a
0: donor call and I make this kind of request, so I'm excited, and I'm. I want to make sure I don't leave anything out. You heard that right. That was an actual clip of an investigation that uh, was done on Planned Parenthood, showing that. Planned Parenthood actually accepts donations for from people in order for black people to get abortions so this ain't no (laughs) this ain't no conspiracy theory or nothing right here this is facts Facts over feelings. Like I've been saying, right? Yeah, so... Man. I'm just giving you a taste. Moving on from the Roe v. Wade situation. Bill Gates, right? You know, Bill Gates was heavily into the juice. You know, he heavily invested into the juice, the push of the juice. And... If you remember, I spoke on earlier about this uh, baby formula shortage. And Bill Gates is heavily invested in a lab that produces breast milk during a baby formula shortage. Coincidence or no? Conspiracy theory or no? Facts over feelings. Artificial breast milk firm that offers an environmentally friendly alternative to baby formula gets $3.5 million from investment fund backed by Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Amazon owner, and Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook or Metaverse owner, Meta, whatever the fuck they calling it these days. <laughs> um, Bill Gates, man, he out here making moves. He making moves with the with the juice, heavily invested in the juice, heavily invested into this artificial baby formula. And Bill Gates is the highest. He owns the most farmland in the country. I don't know if it's the country or the world, but it's either or. I think it's the country. But either way, you see everything there's every issue that we're every every global or issue that we have in this particular country, he's heavily invested in an alternative for it. You have a a dis-ease, and he's heavily invested in the juice. We have a shortage on baby formula and he's heavily invested in artificial formula we have a food shortage and all these <laughs> all these food distribution plants and centers going up in flames and having issues and he's the high he owns the most farmland in the country That ain't no coincidence. That ain't no conspiracy. That is fucking facts. Facts over feelings. But I'm going to leave that there. New taste. Y'all know I talked about the Black Lives Matter um, organization. Not the, not the, uh, the movement, but the organization. There's a difference, like I spoke about before. So Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors admits using $6 million, $6 million mansion that they purchased for parties. She didn't do it willingly. She had to because of all of the shit that was coming out, all of the, all of the stuff that was coming out. They admitted to throwing parties at the organization's swanky $6 million Los Angeles mansion. And this is what I, I always be talking about when it comes to these, these activists, these advocates, these even in the mental health uh, arena with these therapists and stuff like that, or these mental health advocates and stuff like that. A lot of these niggas just want to be famous. Shit be trendy black lives being lost is trendy mental health is trendy even when physical health was trendy at some point you got all these people popping up wanting to be a part of these arenas to get famous we can't rely on these people and keep holding holding this this ideology towards these these politicians these celebrities these advocates these activists and all this other stuff A lot of these niggas want to be famous. A lot of these niggas want to be rubbing shoulders with other famous people. We have to hold, we have to have a lot of discernment with trying to figure out who is actually for the cause and who is actually for themselves. Another headline on this. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors admitted that she lied when she denied using the group's $6 million L.A. property only for official business as she reveals that she hosted parties there. Man, these niggas want to be famous. You got to understand these are humans. They're human just like you. Yes, we all are unique and we should be individuals. But when it, when it comes down to it, when you caught up into this world, into this matrix and stuff like that, and, and everybody has their thing. Everybody has their traumas, their, their wants and their needs and stuff like that to the point where they will sell their soul just so they can feel wanted, feel needed. Be famous. Get that money for the culture. come on man we gotta be man we gotta we gotta be wiser than this man we got to we gotta stop giving these these flesh and blood humans power over us and thinking that because they in the limelight or they got more money than us and stuff like that that they are better than us or they're wiser than us they're smarter than us Particularly in the black community, man. It was a tweet that came out from this uh, guy that I follow. He, he's a journalist and stuff like that. And this Jones spoke so deeply to the black community, our culture, and our culture, period. And it says, Our greatest strength is we don't take nothing seriously. Our greatest weakness is we don't take nothing seriously. And that says it all. We don't take shit fucking seriously. That's a strength and a weakness of us. We into the memes. We into joking around all the fucking time. That's the end of the Blacky Black Woke segment. I'm moving on. Let's move on to the movies and TV. I've been watching a few things in the past couple of weeks that I want to talk about. So it's this, uh, it's this this show that's on HBO Max, and it's actually another show and documentary about it out. And excuse me, burp number one. Damn, I'm an hour into the show, and the first burp. This show on HBO Max is called The Staircase. And on Netflix, it's another uh, show. I don't know if it's a show. I don't think it's. I think it's a documentary on Netflix. And it's titled The Same Thing. And it's about the. Uh, it's a true story. And it's about. Um, let me uh, make sure I get the information right. I want to get y'all the correct information. Let me pull this up um, The Staircase. The Staircase. Um, the staircase it says in 2001 novelist Michael Peterson's wife died and he claimed she perished after falling down stairs at their home the medical examiner however determined that she had been beaten with a weapon which led to Peterson becoming a suspect in what would become a murder investigation and the show on HBO Max is a good ass show I started the documentary on Netflix but i'm glad i actually got more into the show first because i got i got to see the dramatization of it and then i can go back and see the actual real uh story of it usually i prefer to start with the documentary and then go to the dramatization and and play with it that way in my you know what i'm saying with my mind but this time with this particular story the actual dramatization was started off a little bit better than the documentary so um i'm watching the 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 limited series on hbo max um it's supposed to be like a couple of episodes i think um i don't know how many episodes it's supposed to be because it's it hasn't finished yet but no actually it it did finish i'm sorry i I watched the last episode like last night it was four episodes and um, it was very good the HBO Max <laughs> um, series was very good the limited series was very good the dramatization of it was very good and I'm starting the documentary the documentary came out like a few years ago I think like in um, 2004 or something yeah it came out in 2004 um, yeah so I'm starting it that way different than what I used to do but yeah it's a it's a very interesting uh story because um the dude Michael Peterson he has a history and I'll leave it at that so I don't I don't want to give no spoilers but I just gave you the synopsis so it's not what I gave you already is not a spoiler that's the synopsis but he has a history so it's very interesting (laughs) and um yeah it's an older white gentleman and it's just a lot of twists and turns because of the the dramatization uh with the family being involved and stuff like that with the with the kids because they had separate kids and outside relationships and stuff like that and it's just a wild ass story man um what else (sighs) moving moving on to ozark the 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 final season of Ozark had two parts to it. And the second part came out a couple of couple of weeks ago, like two weeks ago. And um I enjoyed Ozark. Ozark was a great show. But I wasn't particularly happy. And I'm glad I wasn't the only like it didn't it, it didn't really matter because you know what I'm saying. I don't give a fuck. I like I I ain't, I love my opinion. <laughs> but the last I'm glad I wasn't the only one that thought this, though. Seriously. But the uh, the ending of the whole Ozark, no spoilers, but the ending of Ozark, I didn't particularly like. But it didn't take away from the whole show the same way, like <laughs> the same way that the ending of um, Game of Thrones took away from the show. So, Yeah. I enjoyed the uh, the last season of Ozark though, but that that ending I didn't particularly like, but it didn't take away from the rest of the the last season. And um of course Snowfall ended a couple of weeks ago, and I enjoyed the ending of Snowfall. Like the 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 last two episodes were really like gave the the season a boost because like towards the middle of the, the season of Snowfall, it 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 was getting kinda weird. Like I'm trying to figure out like where where was they trying to go with with <laughs> with the story. But they rolled it back in and snowfall ended on a good note. So I'm very excited for this next season, which I believe is supposed to be the last season of Snowfall. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, man, these shows with their endings, man, they gotta do better. It's almost like the writers and the writers and the directors just they they get burnt out or they just straight tired of the show and they just be like, "I want to get this shit over with." <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I believe that's it for. Oh yeah. Um, couple of couple of nights ago, I watched the um this show on HBO Max called D D M Z, and it um let me pull it up so I can read the synopsis for it. I should be having this ready, but yeah. Um, it says a civil war breaks out in America and Manhattan becomes a demilitarized zone. And it's starring rosario dawson um it's a it's a couple other people in there that I've seen before, but she's like the main the main star the main character and the main star on the show. It was four episodes it was a limited series, and the characters were were uh, created for uh, d c comics and it was a decent show i mean it was good for watching at home, you know what I'm saying for it to be a show or whatever. They probably should have just made it a, a, a movie because, like, yeah, they should have just made it a little movie, a little good two-hour movie, and we could have been done with it or whatever. But it was a decent show. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So it was, like, in between. I'll probably give it, like, a, a – uh, like, I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. Yeah, it was pretty good, though, some good to watch at home or whatever. It wasn't. It wasn't all – it wasn't all that, but it wasn't bad. It's it's worth watching, but don't expect too much from it. What else did I watch? Um, I watched that show, that documentary that came on, uh, came out on Netflix that everybody's talking about. But it was already a documentary made about it before. I'm trying to see if I can remember it. Um, let me see. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh... See if I can search for it real quick. It's called Our Father. Yeah, and it's um, it's about a fertility doctor secretly using his own sperm, and it's a, a fertility doctor secretly using his own sperm. A donor-conceived woman looking for connections in the rising horror of finding sibling after sibling. It was it was a wild documentary, but. I've seen that it was a documentary made about it before so I, I've i heard about the story before he's like the most infamous doctor in the country that has done this because it's been several uh fertility doctors or OBGYNs that have done this before that have gotten several women pregnant from their sperm but he's the most infamous out of all of them like once the documentary ended on netflix they said counting it was like 90 something siblings that he um inseminated (laughs) and they said that it's still counting from that 90 that (laughs) from when the show from when the documentary ended so it was it was it was a wild show but i wasn't too surprised about it because once i started watching i was like damn i heard about this story before and i watched a documentary on this dude before and i think the previous documentary that i watched about him was on hbo max but this particular one um is on netflix so yeah netflix trying any and everything to keep people on that subscription i swear even recycling shit that's already been done before it was something else that i watched what the hell did i watch it was a movie i can't think right now but let me just move the fuck on um Getting into uh, moving away from the movies and TVs, let's get into the Kevin Samuels stuff, man. And this and this is one. Of, this is the main reason why I didn't record last week because I was just like disgusted. I was disgusted at people and stuff, but I wasn't surprised. But yeah, it's man, people on some other shit. But of course, like I said, Kevin Samuels passed, and since he passed, he already was controversial before he passed. You know what I'm saying? Kevin Samuels, he recently got famous like two years ago, um, but he, he's he been speaking and, or making, you know what I'm saying, he had his platform out for a while, you know what I'm saying. He started out speaking to um, uh, black males and talking, you know, speaking to them about how to uh, conduct themselves and present themselves and stuff like that uh, financially, um, physically, et cetera, et cetera, and stuff. But he didn't get famous until he moved over and started talking about black women, started consulting black women because um, a lot of people have been like a lot of uh, news organizations been labeling him as a, a YouTuber. But he started out in the corporate world um you can go back and listen to my trigger warnings and you would hear him explain it or whatever. I had some clips on there of him actually explaining it. But he was a image consultant working in the corporate world. And that's basically what his platform was based off of. Uh image consultants, st- statistics and, and stuff like that. And he uh put all of that into the dating realm. But I'm gonna play a clip of Kevin Samuels and and him speaking himself about what his goal was and then we'll get into the discussion so let me pull this up
2: i want to see black yes i want to see black men and black women together but i want to see black women valuing black men as black men deserve to be valued black men you are worthy you have done great things in the last 20 and 30 years you've taken your image back from cops Deadbeat dads and everything else. You stepped up to the challenge, and this is your time. This is your time. The gender war is over. Average at best happened in 2021. That is over. 2022, we're going into it. Self awareness is sexy. Men are going to show the work, and women are going to show their work. We're going to move forward. And we're going to move forward, and if you want to move forward together with us, men are there waiting for you. Men are there working for you, but you're going to earn your spot. Because
0: he has to earn his value. that was from Kevin Samuels. That was in his own words. And if you go back to the first trigger warning, and I encourage you to do that, as well as the other ones. But the first trigger warning, I played a clip uh, from Kevin Samuels when he was on the Joe Budden podcast, and he talked about what his goal was, and his goal has always been about, bringing the black family back together for the culture, right? You know what I'm saying? For the culture. And um, a lot of the controversy around Kevin Samuels was about his delivery, the way he talked to women and stuff like that on his platform. And it was always interesting that people was always complaining about how he spoke to women and stuff like that when women were actually calling his show up you know calling to be on his platform so i'm like he wouldn't have this platform he wouldn't have this voice if women weren't calling up to it and i'm not using that as a total excuse and apologist being an apologist for kevin samuels but let's be honest those are the facts those are the facts he wouldn't have this platform if he wasn't getting the attention from the women when he changed his narrative to focusing m- most of his energy on black women then that's when his platform blew up cuz like i say he started out talking to black men but you know black men weren't i wouldn't say black men wasn't paying attention to him but when it comes to um consumerism and stuff like that not even black women but women period that's where the attention and the energy and the dollars go women period if you think about music and stuff like that when artists cater to women that's where it goes when designers cater to women that's where it goes you know what i'm saying that's where the energy the focus and the money goes to women but it's just sad that when he died and just all of the evil and e- just straight evil shit that people were saying about him. Talking about something. That's what he get. That's karma and all this other stuff. Um, that's God coming for you. It's crazy shit. And I was like, do these people actually think? Like, do y'all worship? The, do we? Do we all worship the same God? <laughs> like, do people actually know what karma means? <laughs> I'm just so confused about this. Like, And it's just, it just shows you. And that's why I titled that series Trigger Warning. Because a lot of people were triggered by the things that he would say. Take out his delivery and how he talked to women. But his message were mo- was more so the problem as opposed to how he spoke because i see plenty of people men and women talk crazy to other people and they're supposed to be therapists life coaches and all this other stuff for example um ayala van zandt ayala van zandt her show she had her show on the own network oprah's network and stuff like that she talked crazy to people too Kevin Samuels used talk crazy to men and women. Ayana Van Zant talk crazy to men and women. It was, I was I religiously watched Ayana Van Zandt's show because a lot of the things that she talked about on her show and a lot of the guests, the people that she had on her show, they went through. A lot of people go through the same things, but they just perceive it in a different way. Their perspectives and their perceptions on it is a different way, but it's a when it comes down to it trauma is trauma and a lot of people deal with trauma in similar ways and in different ways but you can relate to it because trauma is trauma and people a lot of people sitting out here calling kevin samuels a misogyn, misogynistic and stuff like that but a lot of his uh a lot of his rhetoric and a lot of the the themes and his uh, his narrative he got from a black woman and i played plenty of clips of this black woman on the podcast before and her name is uh Shahrazad i'm messing up her name um i'm messing up her name <laughs> damn i let me uh pull up her name um i can't even uh i don't even know how to spell it shahrazad ali and she's an author she's a black author or whatever a lot and he even said this um a lot of his uh the things that he's saying stuff like that he got from her shahrazad ali and i played plenty of clips um of her before and basically what shahrazad ali speaks about a lot is how black women fall victim to the feminist movement and they separate themselves from black men and it causes a divide in black relationships in the black family but hey we so accustomed to it and it just didn't start in the past couple of years this shit started from like i always talk about this shit started back during the slavery times with with the willie lynch theory and how a lot of black people have that Willie Lynch syndrome this is, this is a program this is conditioned in us this is how some people believe and think our culture this is, this is our culture to bash each other to have these gender wars to just be all over the place fighting back and forth with each other I'm gonna read a couple of things that people were saying, like you know, <laughs> like Kevin Sanders talk about um, high value men, high value women, undervalued men, undervalued women, and stuff like that. So I'm just read some comments, and from when the uh, reports and stuff were coming out about him passing, and people was like, "Well, damn, sorry to hear that, but I'm a mind my undervalued business. May he rest in peace." You know what I'm saying, stuff like that people was just people was just being just out of control, man, and it just shows you how how detached we are from each other and how we are detached from God, like we people out here talking about this karma stuff, and God don't like ugly and all this other stuff as if all our shit don't stink, like we are. Uh, like niggas just act like they so fucking perfect but people get so triggered by the shit they don't want to be accountable for that they you know i'm saying it's easy for them to just look at it like somebody anything that somebody says that triggers them is bad or whatever kevin samuels even though during his popularity moment he solely focused on keeping women accountable. He still spoke on uh, men being accountable. And like I said, like, before he got famous or whatever, he was solely focusing on keeping men accountable, you know, fin- on their finances, on their physical appearance, and how they conduct themselves and their expectations on dating and stuff like that for men and women. But we so lost in in – the society of of how you sh- got to be with this person because because they make this much and you got to match this energy or you got to match my finances or you got to match my you got to have a degree because I got a degree and all your value is low because you didn't go to college or oh oh I got a degree I'm in the corporate world but you in the you I'm white collar and you blue collar bullshit like that you know what I'm saying. But that's the culture, right? That's the culture. People out here calling Kevin Samuels the godfather of cruelty and you know, all this other shit. Talking about some he's a he was an evil person, he was a bad person because he raised his voice and he yelled and cussed and stuff like that. Come on, man. I have seen so many of these these so-called social media influences, these these women on social media being influencers, cussing and yell at these at these these men and women and stuff like that. But because it's a woman, it's acceptable. You know what I'm saying? But don't let no black man talk down to no black woman, then. You know what I'm saying? It's a problem if a black man talk down to a black woman or black women in general or whatever. Because all black women ain't getting uh, triggered by this. This ain't no misogyny. So if we call Kevin Samuels a misogynist, then we can call um, Ayanna Van Zandt a misogynist. And I'm gonna get to the definition of misandry. I'm hope I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> I was pregaming. Yeah, but Kevin Samuels, he he only talked about male and female relationships, and he was trying to um, talk to women about their expectations and how a lot of their expectations were too high based off of what they actually brought to the table and what they can reciprocate in a relationship and he was doing the same thing with men he was telling these women don't expect to find a man who makes six figures and you ain't making six figures you don't cook you don't clean you don't know how to cook or clean you don't you aren't emotionally um available to a man and vice versa he was telling these dudes out here how you expect to date a woman who's in the corporate world and you don't own a suit or you don't know how to pick a cologne or you don't you know what i'm saying you ain't so it's all about expectations and understanding what you like don't <laughs> it's just all about Reciprocating, you know what I'm saying? You can't sit here and just totally expect that you're gonna date a you're gonna find it's not one thing that always will, um, one of the things that he will always talk about that I noticed was how, um, he would tell a lot of these women out here that you can't expect to find a man that makes six figures because the way society is set up, the way that um, a lot of men out here don't make six figures. It's a lot. You have to expect that because of how society is, the ratio of men to women and stuff like that, that there's going to be men out here that make less than you. So don't solely focus on how much he make. What else can he do for you? And what else can... And the same thing with men. What can you do for this woman? So it's just all about temper you know what I'm saying? Tempering expectations on 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 men and women in the dating dating world. You know what I'm saying? Faults, attributes, duties and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Everything don't always have to come down to salary and what degree you have and shit like that. Shit is crazy. Um what else? Yeah, just the fact that you know you got so many people out here just celebrating a person's death, discounting the fact that this man had had kids, he has a mother, he has friends, family and stuff like that and these people have to find out that he he's dead based off of social media and then seeing all the the negative talk about him and stuff like that, you know? That just shows you that 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 whole cliche saying of hurt people, hurt people is totally true. It is so many hurt people out here that was triggered by the things that he said that they wanted this man to be dead. So they didn't have to feel that fire inside. That that they, their feet didn't have to be, <laughs> their feet didn't have to be in front of this fire feeling these flames feeling that pressure that you know i'm saying i gotta take accountability for my life because it's easy like i always say it's easy it's so easy just to to stay where you are to not heal to not grow to not evolve it's easier it's easier to stay a victim We are all flawed, men and women. But it's just crazy that black people was just celebrating this man's death. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, that's the culture. What we do, we don't take shit seriously. That's a a negative and a positive. You know what I'm saying? You got your memes out there. We always joking around. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's crazy. People will celebrate Kevin Samuels' death and he's trying to give good information and stuff out here. But y'all will praise the hell out of a, a, a rap artist who out here promoting violence, who promoting misogyny, patriarchy, all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Y'all love a future The future album just came out. Y'all was loving the future shit. But soon as Kevin Samuels died, hey. Come on, man. We not even making sense. But hey, that's the culture, right? And that's the culture. But well, like I said, you know, just getting away from uh Kevin Samuels, uh, the stuff, his platform and stuff like that. But he was young. I I forgot how old he was. He was in his fifties. And he passed. But he uh one thing that I did find out because of his passing that I didn't know was that he had hot Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he had it while he was in college. And according to reports, he passed from a a heart attack. He had a, a heart episode. And one of the things that they said was that um, uh, when you get radiation for Hodgkin's disease, um, the radiation that you get is a, is chest radiation. And it um, increases your risk of a fatal heart heart attack or whatever. And one of the things that I did notice from the times that I did see him on his platform speaking and stuff like that, he was always drinking Red Bull. And I remember one time when um, I went to get a physical and my doctor, he told me a story about how he had a patient that was in his early 20s and his patient had a heart attack from drinking a whole bunch of Red Bulls. And and it's crazy because I always used to see like going to the club and, and the lounges and stuff like that. People always getting Red Bulls and vodkas and stuff like that. And and I remember like um uh some of the people that I used to run with and stuff used to always drink those monster energy drinks and stuff like that. And it's just so much stuff that we putting on ourselves and not taking care of our health and stuff like that but i mean yeah i can sit here and say it because i've talked about this before like i always say i talked about this before about us black men taking better care of our health and stuff like that and we don't do it and a lot of the uh uh black men that i know got kids and stuff like that they don't work out they eat bad and stuff like that they uh, they drink a lot, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like we just don't that's the culture, right? That's the culture. Black men don't don't go get physicals. We don't go to the doctor for whatever. We don't go uh to therapy and stuff like that for the coat. That's the culture, right? That's the culture. Well, let me play this clip um real quick. It's something that um I thought was uh relevant and good at the same time. Let's see?
5: I agreed with, let's say, maybe half of the things that he said. Some things, you know, I agreed with. A lot of things I didn't. But one thing, you know, I definitely had a problem with was his delivery, right? And I think that there was a reason for that. (laughs) You know, there has to be some type of a reason for that. And, you know, as far as this whole internet culture is concerned, Kevin Samuels highlighted something that was missing from today's discourse, especially over the internet, right? But I think he's he highlighted, he made black men feel like they had a voice, right? Whether he was correct in his positions or his assessments, he made, black men feel like their voices mattered, and that's why you saw such a galvanizing effect that he had and in this ultra feminist society that's not something that's very welcome and I think that's where you saw a lot of the hostility coming from especially due to the fact that he offered these positions without apology and he pulled no punches
0: and I played it because I agree with it like I didn't agree with everything Kevin samey said I definitely did not um, I definitely agree with the overall message of you know uh black having black families come together uh black men and women come together and working stuff out but i didn't agree with everything he said i definitely didn't agree with his delivery all the time and stuff like that because you got to it comes down to respecting people as well but you know what i'm saying he did make a lot of black men feel like they had a voice not me because i always talk whatever i want but still you know what i'm saying this is a ultra feminist society. And I talk about this shit all the time. <laughs> That's probably what I shouldn't have named the podcast. I'ma talk about this shit all the time. <laughs> I'ma say this all the time. But yeah, we live in an ultra feminist society. Like this the society we live in now is 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 very sensitive. You have to walk a very uh thin line. Um, just thinking about just taking out the feminist aspect. Well, adding on to the feminist aspect with the LGBTQ community and the emotional aspect that comes with that, as long with the the feminine—that's just the whole feminine energy. Period. You have the feminine energy from the LGBTQ community as well as the feminist uh, movement and stuff like that. This is an ultra-feminist society. This society more so caters to feminine energy. Like I said, when you come down to retail, music, um, television, and stuff like that, everything is catered to women. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where the energy moves, that's where the money moves, and stuff like that. And Kevin Samuels kind of brought a, bi- a balance to a degree to that in the black community. He I ain't gonna say he necessarily brought a balance to it but he um he put some some cracks and some holes in that that feminist viewpoint of in the black culture <laughs> Yeah so I'm not a, an apologist for him, you know what I'm saying. But I agree with a lot of the things he said, but I didn't agree with everything he said. I agree the when it comes down to what I agree with, and what it re, true when it truly matters, what truly matters is I agree with the black man and the black woman and the black family and the black culture coming together and working together and not being so susceptible to outside forces controlling our viewpoints and how we move with each other how we interact with each other (sighs) let me see because there's some other shit there's some other shit that, that came out even today that i had to add to the outline um let me see um yeah and this is the misconception about Kevin Samuels. This is a tweet that I came across and I'm glad I came across it because this is exactly what I wanted to say, but I'm going to just read the tweet. Kevin Samuels, he didn't target all black women. He targeted irresponsible, delusional black women. Many of many of you know what I'm saying? Many of them that had those those messed up viewpoints, those messed up perspectives and pers- perceptions of uh how their relationships or their dating life should be or what a black man should be bringing to the table and what they should be accepting in that because like I already said all black women didn't get triggered by what he said most black women didn't even pay attention to what he said you know what I'm saying but you had these particular black women who paid attention and was, was triggered and didn't like what Kevin Samy said. It's just, it's a lot of people out here that don't have self-awareness. It's a lot of people out here that don't take accountability for their shit. They like to be victims. And I'm saying, excuse me. And I'm saying that because before I started going to therapy, I was a victim. I was a victim to my childhood. I was a victim to my trauma and shit like that. so it's easier It's easy not to take accountability for your role in things when you look at everybody else doing something to you what else uh yeah, so. Coming to like I said, when we was talking about mis, mis- misogyny. So if Kevin Samuels was misogynistic, then a lot of these black women influencers and content creators and personalities on TV and social media or whatever, they need to be labeled uh misane misant misandr mis- 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 And it's crazy because I never even knew about this word until I started doing, you know what I'm saying, research on uh, all of this stuff. (laughs) But it says misandry is a noun. Dislike of, contempt for, or ingrained prejudice against men. So it's a lot of, it's more misandry out here than it is misogyny. Let's be real. (laughs) um it's a clip that i got and say go. that you do here go the clip right here and let me let me uh preface this first this is pastor jamal bryant talking about is let me read the headline pastor jamal bryant calls out kevin samuels and mentions the alleged gofundme account created for kevin's funeral and and what i all let me just say this first what i already heard about this go that this ain't got nothing to do with with his family his family didn't create this go This me there's some other scam bullshit. but let me play this clip about um let me play this clip from uh pastor jamal Bryan, then we gonna get into his ass
5: to men who have no authority how can a man say that you are of low value after 35? How can a man say that you do not have the level of traction of a high-powered man when that man
2: has got to get a GoFundMe for his funeral? Yeah.
0: That was a clip. And this one, this one. I don't book, see it so separate. I'm sorry. That's a later clip, but. Let me get in the past of Jamal Bryan's ass. Now, let me light my cigar. <laughs> this dude, he's a pastor. I, th- I believe his church is in Atlanta. I think he started out in Baltimore, right? Because the reason I know about Jamal Bryan is because, you know what I'm saying, I dabble into uh, reality TV from time to time. So I watch... Housewives of Potomac. Potomac being Potomac, Maryland. I live in Maryland. So I watched this uh reality show. His ex wife is on the show. His ex-wife and they have three kids together. They on the show, right? Pastor Jamal Bryant. He had his ex wife, like I said, his ex wife is an ex wife because he was having extramarital affairs. Let me take a puff. <sighs> In these extramarital affairs, it's alleged that he produced other kids. And even while they were divorced, he was still having kid kids out of wedlock. He's a pastor of a mega church. He's on a pulpit talking about Kevin Samuels. Why are you on a pulpit talking about Kevin Samuels? How is that bringing people to God? What are you teaching by talking about Kevin Samuels, especially when you got wrong information and you've never really directly addressed your faults, your mistakes, your sins, right? And this is what kills me about a lot of black churches. And this is when I talk, this is what I was saying about catering to women. A lot of these pastors, a lot of these churches cater their messages to women. They don't even be talking about God. A lot of these churches begin to the point where they solely be, talking about relationships their whole ministry is about relationships and this ain't nothing new not even going beyond pastor jamal bryant with how you you see and hear so many stories of these pastors having extramarital affairs or affairs period with women of the congregation because we know these black women love that power right So this is disgust. This this is more of the, that disgusting shit that I'm talking about. And I just came across on this clip today. It was just posted today. It was on the shade room. Y'all know how the shade room go. So here's more of this bullshit. Like, why wasn't Pastor Jamal Bryan saying this stuff to Kevin Samuels when he was alive? Like my man Pac said, niggas talk a lot of shit, but that's after I'm gone. Because they fear me in the physical form. <laughs> like why ain't you having this discussion. This con- these conversations with Kevin Samuels when he was alive. You talking about this man in his, in his death. When he can't defend himself. You supposed to be a man of God. And this is what I'm talking about with us. The culture. The black culture. Having these false idols. Whether it be Politicians these first first black president first black woman supreme court justice first black whoever these rap artists these r&b artists these these uh actors these actresses we have we attach ourselves so much to following behind these celebrities or these people that have some type of influence on social media on some type of um arena whether it be religious arena or whatever we weak but that's our culture we weak minded we weak willed but that's the culture let me play this clip and I'm going to move on to the last topic of this show I don't
4: see it so separate Why do we have to separate ourselves so much from each other Why is black women one separate entity And black men are another separate entity That's not how it's supposed to be That's not how any other race operates But we're the only ones who operate like that And think it's functional You feel me? I've said it before Why do we get the label of strong independent black woman We don't hear that from nobody else I've never heard strong independent white woman Strong independent Asian woman Strong independent Latino woman Strong independent Indian woman I ain't never heard none of that but we pride ourselves to being strong, independent black women, as if independence is something that we should strive for as a people. Independence is death. Everybody needs somebody. And the reason why we're struggling in our households and our communities is because we think that there's something good about being independent. Black women need black men and black men need black women.
0: Um. I mean, I'm tired of playing this shit. You know what I'm saying? Multiple episodes. This is this is why I be talking about. Like, I'm tired of like talking about this shit. I'm tired of talking about this relationship shit. But obviously, that's what it is. Like, that's the culture. That's the culture. So I, I can't get I I can't get away from it because that's the culture. But moving on to the uh last topic of today and this has to do with mental health and it has to do with uh, the culture (laughs) um i came across these clips on twitter a while ago and i've been saving it for a while because i didn't know i couldn't couldn't figure out when i was going to speak on it but you know everything always come together for me for the show so i'm gonna get into it this is from a black uh woman therapist and then it's a it's a couple of clips with this so we're gonna go through the clips and we're gonna discuss it you know what i'm saying piece by piece and stuff like that but it's a lot of disturbing things in in uh in some of the things that she said and i did some research on her as well so but we'll get into all of that so let me pull this uh let me pull this clip up let me pull the clips up let me let me find it let me hurry up too because i'm hungry and I gotta use the bathroom i got i'm been you know what i'm saying pre-gaming and drinking water. I had a good uh leg a leg day session the day in the gym, so um you know what I'm saying I had to rehydrate so yeah, let me pull these clips up, like I said I'm preface this this is a black woman therapist, and um she's labeled as a sex therapist, but that's what her her uh her social media handle is that she's labeled as a sex therapist. But she's talking about, you know, she's a licensed psychologist, but her um which was weird because she's a licensed psychologist, but her her social media handles is uh sex therapist. So it confused me a little bit from the clips, but yeah, we'll get into it.
4: So Here's this thing that I've noticed. Um, So I'm I'm a therapist, licensed psychologist. I work with women primarily, black women. And I work with a handful of couples. Couple revelations. I haven't seen any of my couples this week. And I realized that my energy at the end of the week was different, notably different. And I connected connected it to the fact that it's because I'm not seeing the couples. And the couples that I'm currently working with are all heterosexual couples. And the emotional labor for me to see the men in the relationship as full whole human beings who are deserving of love and empathy is sometimes overwhelming because of the way that I see them engage with their women partners and the way that I see the women partners overcompensate for their male partners, lack of empathy, lack of compassion, lack of emotional intelligence, lack of responsiveness, lack of accountability. It's exhausting women who are in loving intimate relationships with men are doing a lot of emotional labor in addition to a lot of additional domestic labor especially if there's a marriage and households the math ain't mathin in these relationships and sometimes the responsibility for me as a therapist to be objective and to hold the space of serving the couple is effort because I really, really want to talk to the men and help me build the men's emotional intelligence and the men's capacity for emotional discomfort and the men's ability to regulate their.
0: Okay, so there's a lot of red flags in this first clip for me. For me. And I'm saying this for me. And. I'ma just go off for the research I did on her first, so I can let y'all know what I what I came across. Um, I, I did after going through the clips and stuff like that. I Did a research on her and stuff like that. Well, the first red flag though from this clip was the fact that she primarily deals with black uh, women, and that's fine, that's fine. But it's it's telling for this for the simple fact that how the rest of the clip goes and some of the other clips that I'm gonna play from her. But it's some red flags, like, you know what I'm saying? It's obvious to me that she has a bias. And by me doing my research, that confirmed that she does have a bias towards black men. She's a single mother, which is not bad. She has a daughter. And this is not, this is information that she she has given on her social media sites that I, you know what I'm saying, that I saw. She works, she she uh, speaks on a podcast, on a show, and the primarily the, the only men, the only black men she works with on the podcast and on shows and period are only black gay men. Going through a lot of her social media and stuff like that, I saw that she has a she definitely fights against white. She speaks against white supremacy and stuff like that, but she speaks against it in a feminist way. She talks a lot about patriarchy and stuff like that. So that's another red flag. So she obviously has a bias towards men, period. Straight men. I'll say let me let me preface that, let me emphasize that she has a bias against straight men. But we're gonna go through this clip again and I'm gonna break this clip down a little bit about some things that um were red flags for me.
4: So here's this thing that I've noticed. Um so I'm a I'm a therapist, licensed psychologist. I work with women primarily, black women. And I work with a handful of couples. Couple revelations. I haven't seen any of my couples this week.
0: I, I can't even get through it. I got to just say what I got to say. She obviously gets triggered by. She, she gets heavily overwhelmed when she does her couples therapy. Which I understand she's a human. She's a human being. And in a later clip she does talk about how she does go to a therapist. Which a lot of therapists do. They're required to do that. But she gets overwhelmed a lot from the couple's therapy. And to me, that's a red flag for the simple fact of how she's speaking about it. Because she's obviously getting triggered from the responses or how she feel, how she perceives that these black men are interacting with their significant other and stuff.
4: And I realized that my energy at the end of the week was different, notably different. And I connected, to, connected it to the fact that it's because I'm not seeing the couples. And the couples that I'm currently working with are all heterosexual couples. And the emotional labor for me.
0: Now let's get down to emotion label. The fact that she feels that it's affecting her emotional labor that that is another red flag for the simple fact how are you having how are you feeling emotional labor from being a therapist to these couples so that shows that's that's the primary point right there where it shows that she's getting triggered by these relationships so i'm gonna pull up i'm gonna pull up Emotional labor, the definition of it. Let me see. Uh, I thought I took a screenshot of that particular um, definition of it. Let me see. Uh, Damn, I didn't. All right, let me pull it up. Emotional labor. This is my first time even hearing about this term, so I had to do a little reading. And I'm sure I will be doing more reading after this on emotional labor. So it says emotional labor is the process of managing feelings and expressions to fulfill the emotional requirements of a job. More specifically, workers are expected to regulate their emotions during interactions with customers, coworkers and managers. So, yeah. okay. so it does apply to her to a degree. Right. Let me see. Um, It was another. I had, it was two definitions. It was two explanations of it. But, yeah, so we'll just go with this one since I can't find the other one. This does apply to her to a degree. Right? So it says emotional labor is the process of managing feelings and expressions to fulfill the emotional requirements of a job. Okay. So that does apply to her. Right? More specifically, workers are expected to regulate their emotions during interactions with customers, coworkers, and managers. But that is still showing the fact that she's getting triggered by this. You know what I'm saying? So if you think about, I'll use myself for an example, emotional labor. Like when my project manager uh, uh, projects her her anxiety or micromanages certain things onto me or whatever. That That is emotional labor. You know what I'm saying? So I have to fulfill. She expects me to fulfill those, that that anxiety that she's pushing upon me and stuff like that or that is presenting towards me, right? But it's up to me whether... I have control over that based off of whatever boundaries I have in place and, you know what I'm saying, whatever is going on inside of me. If I'm a person that is over, that doesn't handle pressure as well and stuff like that, then that's emotional labor. You know what I'm saying? So it's all based upon what somebody is laboring on you and how you react to it. So this still is talking about her how she's being triggered by this. So let me go back to the uh clip. Let me see, let me find it. Uh here we go. Uh.
4: to see the men in the relationship as full whole human beings who are deserving of love and empathy.
0: <laughs> this is beyond me like it I I would, if I dealt with a therapist, I would need her to tell me this up front. You know what I'm saying? Once we start having conversations and stuff like that, this is why it's very this is why I always talk about when you look for a therapist and stuff like that, you have to ask these therapist questions. You have to you're this is a, a this is a relationship that you are having with this person, this therapist. So and this is when it comes down like when I was talking about, you know, you people us in the, in society feelings though because a person has a degree and stuff like that that they have more wisdom than us and they we look at them as we we hold we hold them to a higher degree we we almost to the point of 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 an idol ideology and stuff like that that we take away we we downgrade um our Our instinct our intuition our emotions and stuff like that and just defer to the person because they are considered an expert or they have a degree and stuff like that where we we don't follow our instincts and we don't ask questions and we just take every word that this person says because we aren't in that field and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that she sat there and said that she basically, she's basically hiding behind this term emotional labor but it's just really triggers to the point where she don't see these black men as human beings and they they don't deserve empathy. It
4: is sometimes
0: overwhelming because of the way you're a therapist and you've gone through all your courses and and school work and all that other stuff and you you already un, it ain't no it is no um coincidence that that book that came out years ago men are from mars women are from venus we are totally diff- two different beings. You know what I'm saying? As far, in the sense of the way we think and the way that we feel and the way that we've been programmed and stuff like that. And the fact that she can't be objective and understand that whether good or bad, and I'm not being an apologist because I know, and this is based off of me going to therapy, I know that we have been programmed to not fully be in touch with our emotions and stuff like that we have him. Emo- and that's the misconception men have emotions we just haven't been um, cultivated to understand those emotions and I've talked about this before just because women are women and they move first Or defer to their emotions first doesn't mean that they're emotionally intelligent, emotionally immature, emotionally mature. You know what I'm saying? Just because women are programmed to be emotional, don't mean that they're emotionally intelligent, emotionally mature. So the fact that she's a therapist and She can't separate the fact that men are emotionally different than women. That's that's a that's a red flag for me, and this is a therapist that I wouldn't want to have. And I'm not even going to get to the point where I can play all the clips because we passed two hours. But my my whole thing is is that my whole reason for coming to this clip and stuff like that, and I might revisit it next week. But you have to be careful when you start going to a therapist and stuff like that because you have to realize that these are human beings as well. They have their own things. All of us have something. All of us have had a childhood. All of us have dealt with some type of trauma, some type of negative aspect in our lives or something like that. And we can't we can't just willingly give out our power and we can't willingly give our power to people because they supposedly are expert or they have a degree or they are they've been presented as having more wisdom than us and stuff these these are just tools in order for you to get to whatever goal or destination you have whatever healing point or whatever like these are humans as well like they get triggered as well like for example for me I've talked about this before about how when I started when when I stopped going to my black uh woman therapist and I started seeing uh black I I started going to two black male therapists and how the first black male therapist I was going to we didn't necessarily connect as well because everything about him was just a matter of fact. Like it was he was trying to be too buddy buddy with me or whatever. It was everything was just he I didn't feel as though that he um, really valued the things that I said or valued my emotions or feelings or. And the in the things that I was going through, everything was just a matter of fact. He would just, you know what I'm saying, he wouldn't necessarily give me tools or homework and stuff to do. I would have to ask him for that because before me asking him for these things, everything was just, hey, man, you just, you know what I'm saying, you shouldn't let that bother you so much and stuff. And this was a whole therapist. Like, I could get that advice from, you know what I'm saying, my boys or something, you know what I'm saying, (laughs) Of course, it's, it shouldn't it shouldn't bother me It's such, you know, what I'm saying? It shouldn't, certain things shouldn't bother me like that. You know what I'm saying? He was he was trying to connect with me on a homeboy level as opposed to actually giving me tools and 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 stuff like that. Things to work through or, or stuff to work on. So then I moved away from him and then I started seeing another black male therapist. And this dude, I talked about him before, how me and him got into a whole argument because this dude was just totally overboard when it came to his ego and stuff like he was he started off talking about all the credentials he had and all this other stuff all the things that he did and and all this other stuff so it was always like it was I was always trying to I always had to have a an intelligence competition with him or a ego competition competition with this dude or whatever you know what I'm saying and when I was dealing with my uh black woman therapist everything wasn't always sweet with her like a lot of times she came off as though that she didn't really um understand where I was coming from from a male perspective but where she was good at was she opened me up to actually becoming more emotionally intelligent and mature with under with understanding that um there are more emotions than just anger and and stuff like that you know what i'm saying like i always talked about how she gave me a list of positive emotions and feelings and negative emotions and feelings and we work through those things like that and i still go through that list to this day with understanding that all of my emotions just aren't under the umbrella of me being happy or angry or sad and and happy and stuff like that you know what i'm saying there are other emotions that are you know what i'm saying in play that i can tap into and work through but you know what i'm saying a lot of the time when i would speak about certain things um she came off as though that you know i'm saying she didn't understand me as a male and even when we when we parted ways that that was like part of the last conversation that we had we both felt that i needed to um start seeing a male therapist based off of some of the uh the uh male the male perspectives that i had or or had the to go through or work through or learn as you know what i'm saying i was coming up or whatever and even before her when i was going to a white male therapist he didn't connect with me based off of a culture aspect you know what i'm saying so you really have to like <laughs> interview these therapists when you deal with them And it's okay to have more than one therapist and it's okay to move along, to move away from a therapist if that time is up based on, you know what I'm saying? If if certain, you have to have certain goals in place and a certain plan in place when you start dealing with therapists or whatever. So when certain aspects are worked on and done, you have to be able to understand that it's it's time to move along because all therapists have special specialties. You know what I'm saying? All therapists don't deal with depression or high functioning depression. All therapists don't deal with anxiety, all general anxiety. All therapists don't deal with social anxiety. All therapists don't deal with post traumatic stress and stuff like that. So you have to actually do research, and this comes down to relationships period you have to understand about um compatibility chemistry and stuff like that those all play a factor I'm a big component on therapy therapy is great but you also have to be involved in therapy and not just defer your whole life to a quote-unquote expert or whatever so I might get back into some of these other clips um next week we'll see how um everything works out with the the next show and the the theme of it and stuff but i might get because since it's um mental health awareness month i I think i might get into but we'll see but yeah that 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 comes down to you you have to we have to stop deferring to all these other These people who are so-called influencers, advocates, activists, politicians, celebrities, and all that other stuff. You have to play an active role in your life and how you want your life to be. So I end every podcast all with a song. You know what I'm saying? You can find me on uh, YouTube. You can find me on um, Spotify. You can find me on... um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Amazon, yeah. So the uh, last episode from two weeks ago, Alignment, will be up on YouTube soon, and this episode as well. So I'm gonna end this song, o- this uh, podcast off with a uh, uh, Family Feud off the 444 album. Yeah, no one wins when the family feud. Man, taste the Consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver. <laughs>
5: My nigga got on My nigga got all white, no socks Say
0: so how you stickin' to the podcast
5: got that cocaine on today That's
0: this how you feel <laughs> For the coach. Turn my vocal up This, this the culture, you right? You know what I'm saying?
5: Turn my vocal up some more Turn my vocal up, girl Turn the music up, too <laughs> Super Bowl goals My wife in the crib feeding the kids liquid gold We in a whole different mode Kid that used to pitch bricks can't be pigeonholed i cooked up more chicken when the kitchen closed Oh, uh, we gon' reach a billy first I told my wife to spill your shit really worth Hum do a law, I run through them all Hoey's home, all these phonies come to a halt. All this old talk left me confused You rather be old rich, me, or new you? And old niggas, gotta stop acting brand new like Tupac ain't have a nose ring too Nobody wins when the family feels But my stash can't fit in a Steve Harvey suit I'm clear while I'm here, how about you? Ain't no such thing as an ugly billionaire I'm cute, pretty much If anybody getting handsome checks It should be us Fuck rap, crack cocaine, nah we did that Black owned things, hundred percent. Black owned champagne, and we merrily, merrily eating off these streams. Y'all still drinking Perrier Jouet, <laughs> but we ain't getting through to you yet, huh? What's better than one billionaire, two? Especially if they from the same hue as you. Y'all stop me when I stop telling the truth. <laughs> I would say I'm the realest nigga rapping, but <laughs> that ain't even a statement. That's like saying I'm the tallest midget. Wait, that ain't politically correct. Forget it. Can I get an Amen from the congregation? Can I get an amen from the congregation? Amen. Yeah. I'll fuck up a good thing if you let me.
0: Say so stick and sit a podcast. Let me alone, Becky. Let's go.
5: A man who don't take care his family can't be rich. I watch Godfather. I miss that whole shit. My consciousness was Michael's common sense I miss the karma that came as a consequence Niggas busting off through the curtains cause she hurting Kate losing the babies cause their future's uncertain Nobody wins when the family feels We all screwed cause we never had the tools I'm trying to fix you. I'm trying to get these niggas with no stripes to be official Y'all think small, I think biggie Your whole past is in danger to Mississippi out shopping in the mirror taking selfies. How was him or Pil Cosby posed to help me? Old niggas never accepted me. New niggas is the reason I stopped drinking Dos Equis We all lose when the family feels. What's better than one billionaire? Two. I'll be damned if I drink some Belvedere while I puffed out I need to stop.
0: Taste to the
2: podcast.
0: Like... Yes, indeed. Taste to the podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and we out. Let's go.